Blog Talk Radio. Hello and good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Vibrarian Show. My name is Joelle, and I'm the Vibrarian. I'm here to elevate, enlighten, and uplift with positive information. I'm so glad that you are joining me for tonight's broadcast. You can find us on Blog Talk Radio on the Vibrary Radio Network channel, which is blogtalkradio.com slash thevibrary. Now, in case you're wondering what that word is that I'm saying, it's kind of like a librarian, but I'm all about raising the vibration, so that's V-I-B-E as in energy, R-A-R-I-A-N, or V-I-B-E-R-A-R-Y. And you can find me out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and I would love for you to connect with the community of people that I am bringing together. I like to call them the Good Vibe Tribe. And I'm always out on the lookout for something that is going to Lift us all up. As we all know, these are interesting times, and we need to come together in positivity. And so that's what I'm all about. I'm bringing you radio shows and programs about things that I find interesting, and I'm so glad that you're tuning in. Now, our phone line is 646-668-8988, and we welcome calls during tonight's show. If you have any questions or you would just like to say hello to our guests this evening, definitely press the one key so that I'll see you're interested in coming online, and I will work to get you into the show as soon as possible. So on our on the, the Vibrarian Show, which is every Thursday evening, I am a sleuth. I love talking about things that are mysterious and uh, somewhat rare, of course. Uh, I used to watch X-Files quite a bit. And I'm a huge fan of, you know, Fox Mulder, The Truth is Out There, was his motto. And I also love Indiana Jones. So I'm on a quest to find out about the Ark, the Grail, and all of those things that we hear about sometimes as popular fiction. But in this case, we're looking to find the answers and see the, uh, where the truth exactly lies. So I'm so glad this evening because this topic is something as a librarian that very much interests me. I want to talk to you about the Akashic Records. And I have two people who have joined me on the show this evening to contribute their expertise and knowledge about this area of information. And I'm so excited to introduce you to Emily Harrison. Emily is the founder of the Akashic Academy and a wonderful teacher and healer. Uh, If you listen to my Tuesday show, The Psychic Inside, then she just was a guest on the show and shared with us about her life journey and how she discovered her psychic and intuitive gifts and abilities. It was quite interesting, so you should take a listen to that on the rebroadcast. But Emily is here this evening to contribute her knowledge of of the Akashic Records and her experience working with them for our audience tonight. Welcome, Emily. Joelle, thank you so much for having me back. I had such a wonderful time on Tuesday. I'm excited to kind of continue and broaden our discussion of the Akashic Records tonight. So thank you very much for having me again. Well, 
awesome. And, you know, we just touched the tip of the iceberg, which is why I was so glad to bring you back. Mm-hmm. And my second guest this evening is Brian Cable. Brian is a wonderful soul that I met through the community that Emily has put together with the Akashic Academy, and he is a graduate of her program and a certified Akashic record reader, and I'm also so excited to have you on the show. Welcome, Brian. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, you know, I I posted this uh, particular promo this evening with a clip from a movie I think that everyone might be familiar with. A few years ago it came out. It was the movie Bruce Almighty. And, of course, this was Jim Carrey who decided he was mad at God and and he wanted to test God. And so Morgan Freeman uh, said, sure, if you think you can do it, here you go. Here are the keys to the kingdom. You drive for a while and see how you do. But when he was trying to convince the character of Bruce Almighty, they were in this little room, and he said, how do you know these things about me? And he said, well, it's in your record, in your file. And, and Bruce said, yeah, right. So he goes to this file cabinet and opens it, and all of a sudden it shoots him all the way across the room. And it's just these huge things. And you see uh, Morgan Freeman kind of thumbs through it and he picks out one little file. And he said, well, this is an interesting day and time. This is a record of everything you've ever said, said or done. And he reads to him his exact words like a computer transcript. And, of course, Bruce Almighty's character was blown away because it was a very minute detail. But at that moment, I remember seeing it. This was probably 10 years ago. And I said, that's the Akashic record. <laughs> would, would you guys agree that that was an interesting way of putting the whole concept out there? Uh, I definitely would. Yeah, for sure. Um, you, I've actually found evidence of the Akashic Record in, in another movie, too. Did anybody out there see the Adjustment Bureau? That was one with um, Matt Damon and Emily Blunt. And my mentor in the Akashic Record, who, and she was also involved in Hollywood and was um, a screenwriter in Hollywood, and she shared that that idea is really based around the Akashic Record as well, but it, it more explains how the record portrays the future, right? Because the future is recorded in an infinite possibility. So if you remember that movie, every time they would make a shift, the Adjustment Bureau would have to come in and like shift their course and shift new paradigms of, of, of belief and, and of possibility into their reality. So it's really interesting when the Akashic Record pops up portrayed in movies. I have not seen that movie, but now you're going to make me go out and watch it because I love <laughs> something like that. So so if you had to give a snip summary, uh, either one of you, what is the Akashic Record? Uh, this is, see, this is fun because I actually taught Brian about the Akashic Record, so the teacher in me wants to sit back and go, okay, Brian, tell us, what is the Akashic Record? <laughs> So, so, so the, the the akashic the akashic records is the energetic records of every thing, every person, every place, every physical object that has ever existed, and all infinite possibilities for the future. And so, yeah, it's 
it's really a fantastic description. Um, I saw Ancient Aliens, an Ancient Alien episode recently where they were talking about the Akashic Record. And they explained it in a way that is not actually how I explain it. It was a little bit different language. And they described it as this web, right, almost like this interconnected web of information. And we have this, we have, you know, a web around us, our own matrix, our own grid of energy. Each person out there is connected, has their own grid, and is connected to everyone else's grid. And they talked about the way that we can just receive information through this electro, um, like this electric grid of energy. And that was a really fascinating description of the Akashic Records, too. Um, it's known by many names. A lot of people think of it as a, a, as a library, it's like the cosmic library of the universe, mm-hmm. all the information that ever was. Um, some people think of it as like the Internet of the universe. It's known in religions as the Book of Life. You know, I grew up Southern Baptist, mm-hmm. which I shared my story on Tuesday. And, and we, it was, there was the Book of Life. Well, the Book of Life is a much more expanded version than many of us learned in, you know, our religious upbringing. But that's another name for um, the Akashic Records. So, yeah, it's basically a giant database of all the information ever, period. That is just fascinating. And I think that's what blows people's minds uh, as you try to wrap around the quantity of data then that this realm of information mm-hmm. contains. Because, uh, it, I mean, it's literally like a moment by moment um, as if it's – I think of it as almost like uh, there's a movie camera inside of you and you're the star, show, star of your own show, and it's, uh, you know, real life recording every person you're encountering, every thought that you're expressing, the totality of you. And as we know, when you get into Google, there's a whole lot of information out there on the web that is not necessarily useful that is collected and gathered. But when you look at the concept of Akashic Records, there is a huge amount of value from even some of the seemingly smallest interactions that are collected within that realm. What What is the main reason why uh, people are even – talking about an Akashic record? Well, first of all, I, they, I was actually getting a little intuitive message from my records to interject and share. How many people out there are scared to death to open your records now, now that you know like every single bit of your life is in there? People freak out, right? I remember when I first learned to do this, and I offered my mom a reading, and my mom's like, yeah, I'm not sure I want you in my Akashic records. I'm not even sure I want to know that. So I want to share one distinction, and that is this information is recorded from a standpoint of unconditional love and zero judgment. It's not necessarily the way we look at ourselves. It's not, you know, we we hold ourselves, we just so harshly judge ourselves and hold ourselves so accountable for everything, and we feel tend to feel bad about things that we've done in our life. And so, of course, it would feel like a big daunting task. Like why would you want to go back and revisit that and know that about your life? It's not from the same standpoint that we experience our own life in the moment. It's from a much higher perspective of that unconditional love and zero judgment. So when you consider that aspect of the Akashic Records, then it's easier to answer the question why people, what people get from this space, why they would want to 
um, be drawn and learn about this space is because you then have the opportunity to understand and gain this valuable wisdom from a much higher perspective. And that is, you know, kind of a life-changing situation. Um, But to answer your specific question, why is society becoming more interested in it right now? My theory on that is because, well, this mimics the Internet. The Akashic Records Mm -hmm. mimic the cosmic Internet. And the Mm -hmm. fact that we use our Internet on a day-to-day basis in our lives, um, there's a template, there's a pattern for people to understand the idea of, oh, here's where I go to get information. I type in what I'm looking for, and then I get the information. See, everything is related. Everything is the idea of, you know, the part in the whole and the macrocosm and the microcosm. If we're experiencing these things at a physical vibration on our planet, they also exist in a spiritual or energetic vibration. And that's the Akashic Records. That, that would be my theory on why society now is hearing more about the Akashic Records. Brian, did you have, do you have any theories about why the records are as popular or becoming more popular right now? Yeah, I I think that the reason they're becoming so popular is because of the uncertainty of just the the world that we live in, and there's just so much energy that is out right now that we are being bombarded with, um, and people are wanting to know more about, you know, how how what is this energy? What's what is it that's affecting us right now? Or you know, one of the biggest things that that I in my readings that I see over and over again, it's, you know, how do I deal with this situation? How, you know, what is this situation that I've got going on and I can't figure out why, you know, and it's, it's like you said, it's the, it's the internet, you know, where you, you would go out and, and Google, how do I do this? You know, and people are coming up for that type of information on a spiritual side. Now, you know, with the infinite possibilities that that there are for everybody, what we generally get is we don't get, okay, you need to go do this. We'll, we'll get information about possibilities and things that should be considered, you know, why things are being done the way they are and consider possible routes to take to reach a goal that you're trying to achieve or something like that. Um, and I think I think that really has a lot to do with it because there's, like you said, we've we've just bitten so indoctrinated, really, with the mm-hmm. internet and, and the instant gratification of information that's at our fingertips. And how do I do this? YouTube. I mean, if if you need to know how mm-hmm. to do something, you go to YouTube. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can find anything in YouTube, and and it's it's almost the same thing with the Akashic Records. And that's that's what I'm finding. Now I will say that in I'm I'm a twin flame, so I'm in a lot of communities where people are talking about uh the path to uh the journey into love of self and then the re- reunion with your divine counterpart or twin. And uh so many people in there are finding out and I'm always telling people to go deeper that when you're looking at healing yourself, we are not just this lifetime beings and that there are things in your totality of experience that can be blocking or affecting or preventing you from 
uh, things, especially if you're encountering something over and over and over again, oftentimes the keys to that do lie in a past experience beyond what we think of in our present conscious knowledge. And I'm always telling people you need to get a past life regression or an Akashic record reading because you're not going to be able to move beyond, you know, like if you took a vow of poverty in the 14th century, uh, you know, that could be replaying itself in your present life and you're having (laughs) then problems manifesting economically because of these unknown things. What what is the difference between like an akashic record reading and a past life regression? You can actually That's a do great a question. past you, you can do a past life regression through the akashic records. That that information is there. You, so we actually have the ability through the akashic records to go back and look at the past lives and we can identify areas where Fears may be rooted, whether it would be a fear of heights or something that has continued throughout your life journey that no longer supports you and serves you now, but you need to be able to understand in the, what happened in the past. And, and through the Akashic Records, we can regress to that point, and we can, we can get that information and, and help with that healing on that. Yeah, that's fascinating. Go ahead. It's kind of like the method then, say, a person who's a shamanic practitioner who is going in to look at a person through that realm of energy is just using a different route, whereas a records Mm -hmm. reader is then going through the Akash to uh, pull out the same kind of information. Yeah, many, many paths up the same mountain. Is how I think of it a lot of times. You know, there are lots of different ways that you can access the information. But one, just one of my favorite and the most brilliant things about the Akashic Records is it's one modality that encompasses a route through each one of those places. For example, like Brian said, and I train my students in there of how to move into past lives and how to find what needs to be cleared, what, what, pattern of belief that needs to be shifted or what emotional density we took on and we're able to do that for people who come to us and for ourselves as well without having gone through the process of past life regression training and certification now if you have moved through that and i know some people who have that's it's i'm not saying anything is wrong with that path it's excellent when we're when we when you have a specific path that you're called to and you um, take action and you go towards that that goal and you accomplish that goal, that's an amazing thing. For me, I couldn't narrow it down to one thing. I couldn't just be like, ooh, I would like to do past life clearings for people. Oh, actually, I'd like to do more like intuitive counseling and healing for people. Oh, well, maybe I would want to do some kind of create meditations for people. I can do all of that through the Akashic Records, which, like I said, is, is my favorite thing about the records is, it's like you learn how to drive, right? Once you learn how to access and, and use the records, it's almost like you get your driver's license. You can drive. And then once you drive, it's up to you where you go. You go anywhere you want to go, baby. Great analogy. Mm-hmm. Now, I know from your interview on Tuesday that you actually, Emily, had had an Akashic record reading uh, early in your life, gifted to you by your mother, and so you had done some work with someone else, and then later in life, when you 
found, I guess, the subject venue, it grabbed your interest again, mm-hmm. and you started pursuing it in a formal way to learn how to do it for others. Uh, is that what uh, – did it always kind of sit with you as, you know, I really like that experience, or what led you to it in your present time? I was very neutral. to. I, I really enjoyed my Akashic Record reading when my mom gifted it to me. I was not on a – Mm, let's say I'm I'm going to correct myself I was on a spiritual journey I just wasn't aware that I was on my spiritual journey I thought I was still on my very 3d acting journey on my road to fame and fortune and so I used that time completely to be like well what's going on in my acting career well when is my well how do I get a job and I and I was so focused on that aspect of my life and I so desperately just wanted answers and wanted you know I wanted to I wanted like a good reading coming out of it and um, I remember getting information that felt more neutral than I wanted. I was like, no, I want them to be like, you're going to make it, kid. Keep going. <laughs> and instead, because I'm, I'm asking, like, should I keep doing this? And they're like, well, if you want to. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, I was really, like I said, I, I had a particular outcome in mind that I wanted. Um, so it, it didn't, it wasn't like it was something that had always resonated with me. Um, but I remembered it. You know, I, it, it stuck with me. And um, when I decided to move forward in a particular modality, this is what I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wasn't exactly sure. Um, I just knew that for me it wasn't Reiki. And I mm-hmm. did, here's how I chose it. And it's, it's the, similar to the same way I chose the OB doctor when I was pregnant with my oldest son. I said a little prayer. I looked through the choices. And I'm like, this, and I let myself be drawn to the right one. And because I had had an Akashic Record session before, there was, there was simply a familiarity. And I was like, oh, yeah. And that familiarity, when it popped into my mind, I allowed that to be a synchronicity for me and move me in, in the right direction. And I'm so glad that I was willing to be so open and trusting because once I got into this modality, it was so obvious that this was the right thing for me, just hands down, the right choice. Another interesting thing I'll just share quickly is all mm-hmm. three ways that I've experienced the records from the first time I had a reading to the mentors that taught me to how I share the records and teach now, all three methods of access were, are different. The lady who opened my mm-hmm. records in the very beginning, she did some singing and some hum- humming and some chanting to open my records. Um, mm-hmm. When I learned the process, I learned through Linda Howe's The Pathway Prayer, which is very easy to find that on the Internet. And then as I moved into creating my own business, um, they gave me a very specific download. They said there's a new way that we want you to teach it because the people who will come to you will need this particular method, and they gave me the reasons why. And, again, I trusted that. And so the method that I teach is different than the other two ways I've accessed it. Furthermore, my student and graduate, Brian, (laughs) has made shifts and changes with the way he does it as well. So there's no one way to do it. I think it's very valuable to understand what's happening in this space and to learn, you know, the basics and the protocols and learn the history and the background and how it works. But once you reach a certain level of understanding, you then really begin to create your own reality with the records. That's been your experience, hasn't it, Brian? It it is, absolutely. And and like you said, I have changed you know, a little bit, but it's all some stuff that was given to me through through the Akashic Records that I was told, 
you need to do this. Mm-hmm. You need to make this little bit of a change. So, um, yes, I'm, I'm going down a different road, a different I'm, – I'm going down a side road, if you want to say that. But I'm getting to the same same space that Emily does with hers or somebody that has been trained with Linda Howe with that prayer, how they get there. It's, it is all, like um, Emily said, different path up the mountain. Yeah, it's almost Brian, like you, you experience your initiation process, and then you do – once you're initiated, it becomes whatever individualized form it's going to be for you. And so, Brian, were you a consumer, and then you at some point said, hmm, or had you ever had a reading, or, what, you know, how did you stumble upon <laughs> this? <laughs> so so I had been on a spiritual journey for quite some time, and I'm, I'm actually going to say for 20-plus years, but – and I was, it was, I would, I was going through a journey, and I'd get to a point, and I'd get frustrated, and I'd just stop. And then, you know, things would come back up, and and I would get back into it, and things would get to a point, and I'd just stop. I never experienced the Akashic Records until I met Emily. Um, and I met Emily January, December or January of this year, um, or December of last year. Um, but Emily gave me my first. Akashic Records reading, and when that happened, there was just something that clicked. It's like this is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. All everything else that I had tried in the past with different churches and different religions and different things on my own and with different mentors, things just they they were a struggle. It just was not not the right energy for me. But with this, I mean, it was just like, bang, this is this is what I've got to do. You know, it's so interesting that when something really clicks for you, it's like people you hear that they never played a sport until late in life, and then when they pick up the ball, all of a sudden they have this natural ability that winds up flowing, and they're they're making the baskets, they're hitting the you know hitting the home runs, and people say, mm-hmm. "How are you doing that?" And it's like you're almost like a savant where you have that innate unknown ability. And you know, I'm like you, but I, Emily. I've studied lots of different things, but um, not everything resonates with me then as a healing modality. But I find learning about it edification in and of itself, you know. But I, I would not say that I have a knack for uh, nine out of ten of the things that I go exploring about in terms of uh, ways to be of service to people and help people. And that's really what going into the Akashic Record is about from a personal standpoint, then, is you're, you're, you're accessing your records to try to learn more about yourself and to then bring that knowing into practice in your current and present existence. You yes, know, and um, I even yeah. like to call it a remembering because that's another really valuable way that we can use the Akashic Records is we can go back in time. We can even go forward and, and, and talk with our future self, and we can bring back future realities. We can bring back gifts and skills and abilities that might not have been awakened in this lifetime yet for us, and we can awaken those within ourselves through the Akashic Records. 
So it's, I, I like to look at it as remembering too. Um, I completely understand what you say, Joelle, when you talk about learning about yourself. Shift your perspective for a moment, everyone, and think of it in terms of what if you were just remembering and waking up to all of these amazing things that you already knew. So it's like relearning almost, remembering. It's a remembering. Yeah, putting putting that membership of yourself back into your soul. Well, as you were talking, I was just thinking about the analogy of uh, if we're working with data in a computer, how sometimes you have to unlock or decrypt certain files. It's not that they're not there and present, but you get the right program. If you don't have Microsoft Word on your computer, you can't open your Word document. So you get Word as an interface, and next thing you know, your Word processing and all it unlocks all of that data that would be in those Word processing files. And so learning to open your operating system, you know, I I believe that we that whole theory of how much of our brain we're actually aware of that we're using that when we expand our consciousness that we have so much more possibility of understanding mm-hmm. what's going on in our reality and that includes realizing that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And once you shift your kind of framework into encompassing, well, yes, I am feeling energy. Yes, I have all this extra-dimensional or what we have called extra-dimensional awareness. And, you know, things like Akashic Records, our psychic gifts and abilities, um, a lot of us just kind of stop at this place, well, I had a hunch or, you know, I had a feeling or, you know, I always resonated with uh, the pictures that I saw of old world Italy. I always wanted to go there. I don't know why. And then when you take off the veil or unlock the program, you realize, yes, I want to go back to Italy. I had five lifetimes in Italy. And that's yes. why I love Italian food. I'm a black person, and I love Italian food. You know what I'm saying? It starts to connect <laughs> things so, so differently when you have the extra reality sense. Because that's hard to figure out. You're a black woman, and you're loving the pasta. You're like, what is up with this? I know, right? I love, well, you know, it's interesting because I love Mexican food. I always have, and my friends would tease me about it all the time. But what I found was when I started my soul journey and went out, I was called to go to Mexico to Playa del Carmen. And I, I, while I was there, I experienced a bunch of healing, and I felt so familiar with it. And I know that I have had, now. now I understand that I have a past mm-hmm. life connection and familiarity with that, with the Mayan culture and all of the ruins down there. I felt like I was coming home. And I never would mm-hmm. have connected five years ago. I never would have looked at it the same way uh, as I do now that I'm kind of operating with a more expanded awareness. And it's kind of exciting because I think about, you know, where I was five years ago and what I've learned. And, excuse me, what you can learn from the next five years, like once you learn to access your Akashic record, the amount of expansion and self-awareness that you can have has got to be mind-boggling in the fact that we're infinitely possible beings. Definitely. I, I spend a lot of mind-boggled moments. I had a mind-boggling moment in on Tuesday when the caller called in and she was talking about um, her, her biological father that she didn't know. So that was an example, and for those of you guys who might be listening for the first time tonight and, and aren't 
didn't hear that story that I'm referring to, the information that came in from the Akashic Records talked about how her father was an actual angel, a being. Mm -hmm. And that is beyond my realm of understanding within, even within the space of the Akashic Records. Like I can bring forward information sometimes that I can't even fully wrap my head around and understand in this human form. And that's definitely one of those instances. I can't explain how that happens. It is on the outskirts of um, fantasy science fiction for me. And I, and you know, I don't know how that happens, but that's the information that was coming through. And I recognize that of when you talk about, like, just how much of our brain we're using and how much we have the capacity to understand, whew, what we don't understand so far outweighs mm. what we do understand. That when I get information that's beyond my realm of actually being able to fully wrap my head around, I'm okay with that because I recognize there's so much information out there that is beyond what we can actually comprehend and understand. But you have come to trust what you're receiving because you, you, have, know, you have confidence in it. yourself and, the, and what you're, it hasn't failed you in terms of a, as a system of, of information. I, it has not. It has not. Now, there are times when the information doesn't make sense right away. And we have to sit with that information. And just like you talked about things being unlocked, all of a sudden we'll go, oh, wait a second. Maybe I get that. Maybe I'm getting that more now. Um, I've, I had a, re- a spot-on reading by a lady one time, and it did not make sense to me in the moment. I didn't even realize how spot-on it was until six months later. She was describing this scene to me about this lavender, this big lavender bush. And I'm thinking, oh, I like lavender. That's okay, Yeah. And she's describing this, um, like, um, Eiffel Tower-like structure. She's telling me it's a garden structure, but it looks like the Eiffel Tower, but it's got, like, a fleur-de-lis on top. And I'm thinking, ah, I like French things. I studied French in high school, and I, that's okay. She's describing me. It wasn't until six months later when I was out working in my front porch, and I turned around. You know, my mind had been in a, in a meditative state because I had been mindfully meditating, doing my gardening. And I turned around to walk inside, and I – just my jaw hit the ground because my front door, as I'm looking at my front door, on one side there's a giant lavender bush, and on the other side there's the exact garden structure statue that she described. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy cow, this woman was seeing my front door, and I didn't recognize it. So I've also come to trust that the information will surface in the time that we're ready to really get it. Now, if a person... Who is the typical person who winds up seeking out you as a client? What does that look like, uh, that that whole interaction? Well, for me, it looks like somebody who's looking for a non-traditional form of therapy. You know, people don't come to me when everything is going swell in their life for readings and healing sessions. They come to me because there's stuff that's out of whack in their life, um, and they need a, a higher perspective on how to shift and, and deal with those situations in their life. And it can be anything from a physical ailment to relationship troubles to heartbreak to career transition to, um, you know, wa- wanting to have children and maybe having some kind of a, a, an issue standing in the way of that. So people, people come to me for non-traditional therapy. What about you, Brian? What kind of clients gravitate towards you? Oh, 
absolutely. I I have the same same set of client base. Really, um, the people that are coming that um, have those questions about. And, and this is one thing that just is really coming to me that that I've noticed the last few where it's an issue where they feel an energy around them. They don't understand the energy that is around them and how to um, either assimilate that energy or to help eliminate that energy based upon what the actual energy is. And so we'll go into their records and we will look and we will we'll ask about those energies and, and, and find out, you know, what the root of it is and, and what we can do to try and, and eliminate those energies or how they can um, incorporate those energies into their lives. That has really been one of the big things for me lately um, that has been coming with my clients. And so with both of your sets of, you know, that kind of common set of clients, they already are looking outside of the traditional, say, I'm going to a psychiatrist or a psychologist. These are people who would not be your typical skeptic that is there to debunk everything. They would already say, have a belief of a past life framework nine times out of ten, or are some of them not even at that page of accepting uh, a continuity of soul self? I, I think that all the customers or the clients that I've had at this point have been receptive to that. Um, I can't think of one that I have worked with that has not. So, yes, they, they've, they are already accepting of the spiritual realm and the spiritual um, gifts and the ability to help their issues through the spiritual realm that they may have been working with others. They may have been working with a psychologist or a psychiatrist or somebody that it wasn't working with them, and they were just reaching out and grasping. And I've I've had a couple that were that way, but they were all very receptive and very open to the spiritual realm. What about I you, find Emily? that is yeah, I find that as well. The majority of people that I work with. Um, are and on a higher level that they may not recognize, they're coming for ascension and for soul healing and for spiritual growth. Anybody who comes into my circle, on some level, their higher self is coming for a little activation. You know, they're looking to be in that higher frequency energy because similar to what Brian said um, about coming and learning the Akashic Records with me, Sometimes, nah, not sometimes, I'm going to cancel that. I'm going to go ahead and say always, when you come in contact with something that is the right thing for you, just being in that energy ignites you. It, like, activates and awakens it inside of you. It brings the attention and awareness back to that for you. So even though on the surface it looks like people are coming with their issues, what they're really coming for is the process of awakening and enlightenment and coming back into wholeness. And what what a gift to be in a position to bring people back to that space. I do have and have read for some tougher ones out there who um, are, are maybe a little bit skeptical. Maybe they, uh, a friend told them, oh, you should really do this, and they decided to do it, but they were skeptical. And I've had people just point blank directly test me, like my mother's passed away, tell me what her name was. 
And um, those, those are situations where it's like, oh, goodness, okay. And then I just go with it, and I go with whatever it is that comes up. Um, my mentor did say, though, and this always gave me a little bit of, ah, like a sigh of relief if somebody was psychically testing me. She said even the, a really good psychic is only right 75% of the time. Um, and, you know, for example, the example that I gave about the lavender bush and the garden statue, I couldn't necessarily val- – I didn't want to invalidate what the woman was saying, but it wasn't clicking with me in that moment where I would have said, oh, this is, she's a gifted psychic. But she was. <laughs> my interpretation of it did not matter and it doesn't matter. So in there's, you know, there's a part of me that I'm, I'm, you want to show up and test me, show up and test me. However, this space offers so much wisdom and deep healing that let's not stay too long in that, like test the psychic girl ability. Let's like get down to business and, and, and get you the healing that you came for. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the books that I read a few years ago is like I think it'd be called like the Bible of this concept of past lives, many lives, many masters, and it was written by Dr. Brian Weiss, who is you know was a traditional psychiatrist that found he hit blocks helping some of his patients move beyond some phobias, and so. One day under hypnosis, he realized that his client was, his patient was, her whole demeanor changed to like a childhood persona, and he began documenting in these conversations and was led to have a belief of our past life influence on present day reality. So I love it when hardcore traditional quote-unquote mainstreamers have these experiences that then cause them to expand their modality to bring these concepts in that might subject them to ridicule by the peer groups and the accepted quote-unquote practices. But, you know, when it boiled down to it, he felt he was effectively helping his patients, which is what his goal of healing was to do in the first place, by acknowledging the information that he was receiving and then beginning to work with it. So, uh, you know, skepticism can be removed once you have that authentic experience that your body, I mean, your body will tell you. Mm-hmm. I know in my Akashic record readings and past life rec- uh, regressions, when I was given a tidbit of information, I felt the truth of it in my bones to where no one would now be able to convince me that it was anything other than my truth. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there's a resonance that you're like, holy cow. This person just told me something about myself, but I feel it. I I don't know if I can believe it right now, but I'm feeling something Mm -hmm. that lets me know this is something to be unlocked, (laughs) you know. Another thing that I love, oh, yeah, I love that book. That book, and then he wrote, there was a follow-up to that one as well, wasn't it? Um, Let's see, Many Lives, Many Masters, and... I'm I'm losing the name of of some of his follow-up books to that. But, yes, I just adored that book. It just, like, blew the doors open for me at a time when I wouldn't have said that I believed in reincarnation before that book. I read that pretty early on in my spiritual journey. Um, Another thing that I love about what you mentioned about Dr. Brian Weiss, Joelle, is that he was mainstream and then he made that shift. I'm finding 
that the sole mission of so many of us, we are like moving into what that is. And there's sometimes a big shift. Sometimes it's a big career shift that we're, that people are experiencing. Sometimes it's a turning within the career that they're already in to a more spiritual examination or perspective of the information or whatever it is that that career path is sharing. But he was a forerunner. He not only was bringing this information in, but in terms of waves of light workers being on this planet, what he experienced, many of us will be experiencing too. If you're not already experiencing that um, nudge inside of you to have a shift in your purpose, and, and hopefully our purposes align with our careers, they don't always. So sometimes we're shifting those things into alignment. And like I said, sometimes we're just making shifts within the careers we already have. If, um, if we are in, in alignment with service and, um, you know, the, the idea of healing humanity and being here as a service to humanity, many of us are finding there's a shift and a pull into bringing a more spiritual or intuitive or cosmic awareness to that process. Mm-hmm. Now, once you learn to become an Akashic record reader, I'm going to come back to what the process of learning looks like, but is this something where people then have this special insight and they can go around then and everyone that they see on the street, they can peek into their personnel files? Or is this more like HR (laughs) where you have to have, (laughs) you know, uh, or HIPAA clearance to get into some of these medical records? What is about privacy? You know, it it really – one of the first questions that we ask when we're meeting with the client is, do I have permission to access your records? Because we don't have permission just walking down the street and we meet somebody on the street that we can just access their records. We actually have to be given that permission by that person. Um, And for me, when I'm doing a reading the second question that I – or the second thing that I speak with them about, to me, it's an honor that somebody allows me to access their records and to help them. And so right up front before anything happens, I make sure that I express that to them because it truly is something special um, that that they're giving us the permission to access their records, to access their etheric energy and to help them resolve whatever issues they're having at this point. That sounds a little different from your typical, you know, a lot of psychics talk about having a general awareness of people mm-hmm. when they even are just come around them. You know, you may not be able to read their minds as with air quotes around it, but you certainly might pick up, spirit beings or angels that are around them or ancestors who are around them. So this is a little bit different in terms of that um, because of the the access they're, granted. It is, but they're, they're like cousins of each other. So the psychic senses are clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, and claircognizance. Those are the four main ones. There's also clairgustience and, mm-hmm. the, and the other one I always forget, there's the clear olfact, the clear smelling one, right? There's clear smelling, mm-hmm. clear tasting too. Now, when you talk about a psychic, that's somebody whose those psychic senses are intact and they're awake. Those are like muscles that we can use. Every single person has out. Well, 
I'm sorry, if you're blind, you don't have outer vision, but you do have inner mm-hmm. vision. My point was that there, there are complements to the outer ways that we experience our senses. There's an inner complement, an inner vision, an inner clear mm-hmm. vision that we have. Our, our hearing, we hear audibly in the physical realm. We also have an inner hearing. Okay, so these are the psychic senses, and people who are considered psychic have one or a multiple, multiples of those senses awake and functioning. They're like muscles, right? So they, they've used those muscles. They know how they work. They know when they're getting messages from those muscles. It helps very much to have those an understanding of your psychic senses, to have them open and awake and running when you're accessing the Akashic Records. Somebody can be, and since everybody is psychic anyway, um, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say that like people you, you could access the records without being psychic because everybody is psychic. Some people have these senses turned on more strongly than other people. And I feel like, yes, if you have all of those senses turned on and like on high alert, opening and receiving information when you're walking out amongst town and doing whatever it is that you're doing, you're going to pick up information off of people. Um, I have never been a person who has gone out with all of those open. I've always felt very in control of those senses. And I felt like, you know, in the moments when I just want to go hang out with my friends, I can adjust that so I'm not constantly getting bombarded. And, yes, it is different than when I'm doing a session. And and like Brian said, when someone gives their permission and what an honor for someone to say, okay, I'm going to let you have a look at my energy field, <laughs> look at my naked energy field, go for it, right? That's somebody who's put a lot of trust in you. So that process is different than just coming into contact people and picking up information either from their psychic auras that, you know, in coming into our psychic energy field. So does that describe the difference just a little bit there of how mm-hmm. that dynamic mm-hmm. works? Yes, yes. So when a person sits down in front of you and then you or conversationally in front of you, because so much of what we're doing now is in virtual space. Um, so they say, okay, I've given you permission. How, how do you know what page to go to in the book? You know, uh, what happens at, at this point of the interaction? Well, can you sit down in front of your computer your laptop your phone and get on the internet and just be like all right show me something not really it works a lot better when you direct it what to do because it's such a vast amount of information we access the records by ask i mean we access by going into the records in the ceremonious way that we do once we get in that space we ask questions it's like using google or using a search engine and the records are also, they're, they're, they do have that encoding, that time lock that you talked about, Joelle. And one of the requirements to get information from the records is the person has to be ready to receive it. So if the person prepares questions or has questions about their life where they want higher insight, they want higher wisdom, guidance, and clarity, then if you're coming asking there is an inherent built-in you're ready to know the answer because you're seeking the answer. So both of those things are kind of working in conjunction right there. There is, there is that time lock that says until the person is ready to know the information, it's going to stay in the realm of uncoded information. 
also, since hmm. there's so much information, we need a way to be able to to access the files, like you said. So that's why the question is so important. And that's why to really get the most out of an Akashic Records reading, taking time and really setting an intention for what it is you hope to get out of your session, as well as preparing some deep questions that, that you want higher wisdom, guidance, and clarity on in your life. So when I sit down with a client, it starts with, talking about what, what their intention is, what they, what they hope to get out of this session, and then the questions that they have. Um, B, what's it look like when they come see you? Um, very similar, very similar. Um, where we do sit down and we talk about what um, issues or what it is that they're trying to resolve, and then they will ask me specific questions based upon what it is that they're trying to, to, to get uh, the answers for. It sounds very, very eerily similar to what we in the library world called the reference interview. You know, when yes. somebody comes up to the desk and they say, I need a book. I'm like, well, you're in the library. Right? So then you engage yes. in a series of questions to try to get to what the person really is looking for. And nine times out of ten, honestly, while there's no such thing as a stupid question, often people don't even know how to articulate what they're looking for in terms of information, especially if they're trying to do a report or research something. And so part of that reference interview is then to guide them into an awareness of well, what you really need to know is X, Y, Z, not A, B, C, but I can lead you through from that original position to the mm-hmm. heart of the matter prior to then going and spending time researching and finding the right book for you. Sounds a lot like cousins there. <laughs> I mean, you're talking my language. Yeah. About... <laughs> a- ab- absolutely. And, and there's there have been many times where a question has been asked that, hasn't been quite worded properly where we will talk about the question and and come up with a better way to ask it in order to be able to retrieve information. And this is something you learn. That's something you learn then in becoming a records reader is not just how to do the process, but then how to work with people in that space. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a very multi- dynamic, multidimensional process. I mean, I remember when I, um, back in my acting days in Hollywood, for me, before I really started getting jobs and and being on set, it was all about learning the craft of acting, right? So, uh, you know, that that would be similar to like learning the craft of meditating and getting really good at that part of it. I was really good at that part of it, but then I showed up on set, like I would get a job and I was there making movies, and there, it wasn't just about being good at emoting the feelings of that character. You had to be able to time it exactly with where the other character was moving. And then you had to hit a mark on the floor that you can only see out of the corner of your eye, like this tiny little piece of tape on the ground. And you're trying to not look down to see the tape, but you've got to stand on that, and you've got to get your line out at the same time. And then, oh, hey, Emily, find your light. So I'm like looking around trying to make sure that I'm standing where the the light can pick me up on the camera. And there are so many aspects to being a good actor once you get on set and you're actually working. So the idea of formulating the question and helping clients through that process, it's, it's a little different than being good at meditating and going into that space. 
but it's it's very multidimensional to get good at being able to use this space to help others really get the information. Like you said, Joel, get the information that they're looking for. Because many times, the if 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 I tell people to prepare their questions ahead of time, they really most people start to freak out a little bit by it. And so I'm like, all, yeah. all right, just get some topics down. Just get some topics, and, and I'll help you with the questions. Because people, they, they really want to do it right, you know. Um, but, but it is a very multidimensional process to, to really be good at, at helping people with this realm. Now, your typical client, are you just seeing, uh, you know, one, let me preface this to say a lot of people are very cost conscious with anything that they're doing, be it therapy, readings, mm-hmm. uh, purchasing books and materials. So, for people who are looking to do some work and bring that in, can a single session be valuable or is it something that people need to be prepared to maybe come back and have a series of, of readings in order to do work? You want to take that one, B? Yeah, my my experience has been that yes, one single um session can be a big help to somebody. Um but what you might find is um that when we start working with this person and, and they've come with a a certain topic that they want to address where we've resolved the issues or we've helped with that one topic that then something else pops up, and they they're oh well, what about this? Can can you help us with? Can you help me with this? And so it might wind up being more sessions, but it's not like um, in my experience has not been where I've had to have multiple sessions for a one client for a particular um, question. Yep, that's my experience you, too. Yeah, you come if you come in with a particular thing that you want shifted and handled, we're going to look at what it takes to shift and handle that situation for you. The other thing that we haven't really touched on that happens in the space of the Akashic Records is not only is your practitioner, so in this case it would be Brian or myself, not only are we getting information for you, but just the fact that you're sitting in this space of your Akashic Records, you're getting healing information, I'm sorry, healing energy, very similar, and it's funny that I that I was like, I don't want to do Reiki in the beginning because people are getting energy just like a Reiki session. Reiki, the energy that comes to you, has its own consciousness. It knows what to do and what you need and how to heal you. So if you are willing to value yourself enough to and value, you know, the idea of this kind of healing enough to purchase a session for yourself and you show up in that space, you're not only going to receive the language wisdom information coming from your practitioner, but you're basically being flooded with the information and energy from your Akashic Records, which, like I shared before, is a space of unconditional love and zero judgment for you. And just you being in that presence has a healing effect. Now, I'm like Brian, too. I Most of my clients, after they work with me, they want to work with me again on other things that are coming up because they find value and they have success in healing with things that, that have been heavy in their lives for a long time. But we're not working on the same things over and over and over again. Now, I've seen 
people advertising and seeing it posted in some of the forums, you know, especially along, you know, the Twin Flame community, everyone seems to be very much focused on coming into the union with their divine counterpart. And so I see people say, I can clear your records and release you from your karma in three sessions. You know, we've got a special package. Clearing your records, is that a thing? And what is the karmic connection between our, is there a connection between our karmic, karmic energetic things to be resolved and our records? Uh, I'm going to say yes. There's definitely a connection between those things. Um, okay, there are a lot of questions in there. What, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> let me just share what my my perspective of of ses- a session like that that somebody offered is well, if you believe it, and that's going to bring value to you, and you're willing to work with the person that, who's doing it, I could I can definitely see a protocol where somebody would go, okay, well, let's go through your past lives and let's bring up the stuff and let's clear the karma. There's, I'm not going to say that there's not legitimacy to that. Um, in terms of like clearing your records, it's semantics, all right? It's how you define the words. So you can't erase anything in your Akashic records. Mm-hmm. You can okay. rewrite contracts. Um, karma, in my opinion, is simply unlearned lessons. And mm-hmm. what's interesting is the, the, the records are constantly being like, and future possibilities added, written, rewritten, things moving around. Like if you back to the idea of the just, adjustment bureau, it's constantly changing. It's this big matrix of energy that's constantly changing. So in terms of shifting soul contracts that you have, yes, that's possible to do in, in the space of the Akashic Records. I personally think that the time that's converging on us right now in this present moment, considering all of the cosmic energies at play, um, all the, these illuminaries in our sky from the sun to Sirius to um, the way the other the planets, the way we're proceeding through the equinox, the way the whole cosmos lines up, that right now we have the ability to clear karma in every single present moment. Like we can actually mm-hmm. transcend karma. We can, if being present in every single moment and being in a state of unconditional love and joy in your life, you're not even creating any karma anymore. Plus, furthermore, mm-hmm. you're erasing any karma that you had in the past. Because if you're living in that moment presently, there's not a lesson for you to learn that you need to keep repeating. So mm-hmm. it's just, there's, it's, it's like yes to all of the above. You know, whatever truth is going to be your truth will be your truth. Right? So if you're going to believe yeah. that somebody can heal you in three sessions, I'm not going to say that somebody couldn't do that for you. There, there are ways to leave us from karma that don't involve necessarily digging through every past file or every past life. We dissolve it, all of it, simply by being present and in a state of joy and unconditional love in every moment. Now, does each person on the planet do that? No. Have I mm-hmm. been able to attain that yet? No. So there are times when my karma comes up, and it might be quite reasonable for me to want to, like, understand that karma. I don't necessarily think we clear karma. I'd say it's a balance. It's a balancing of karma. So you can learn the lesson and then move on and not keep creating that karma anymore. That's so interesting. And and that's interesting. I know, Brian. Go, yeah, go ahead, Joelle. Well, I was just thinking about, 
when I would read those ads, it kind of struck me as those clean your credit kind of uh, operations where you pay them a fee. You don't actually change your behaviors, you know, or you know, don't go through the length of time needed to resolve those through normal channels. You go get a credit cleaner who then short circuits that, does some little wave their magic wand, and poof, they promise you a 900,000 credit score by the time you're done paying them. <laughs> the monthly fee. So, you know, because you're talking about that you then have to exist in a state of joyfulness, gratitude, present moment, otherwise you're going to still, of course, then have the lessons. So it's like bad credit. If you're not paying your bills on time, you're going to wreck your clean credit. (laughs) And you're still going to have bad credit. (laughs) Right, right. And so much of what we learn in terms of karma is, uh, and I think why people are also then hesitant to go into the records, is because we hear that, well, you don't want all the negative things, all your negative accounts, all of you know the times when you had not learned the lessons and behaved in a way that in present time would have gotten you locked up or in trouble, to not be worried about then, you know, because you said it's coming from a place of unconditional love and acceptance, not in condemnation and judgment, mm-hmm. which I think is a key difference um, in in this kind of work as a resolve to having to go pay confession to your priest and to bring up all your, you know, they can't, what's, what, what sin did you do this week? What sin did you do? Now go do ten mm-hmm. Hail Mary, Rosemary's, and things like that. It's not that kind of exchange to hear you all describe it. No, and and here's an example that I've I've shared before and I might even share it within the space of um the the recorded lessons, but it's it's been a while since I recorded Brian might know better than I do. But I remember taking on just that. Like what happens if you are opening the records for let's say some someone who has abused his wife. All right? You're not gonna go in and get like the condemnation report on this person. You're going to get very compassionate information that might look something like, well, when you were a child, you observed abuse in your house and you took this on as a subconscious pattern in your life and this is playing out and you, you know, you'll, you'll start to see how it, your mind linked up a certain explosive feeling inside of you to this reaction and not to justify that or say that somebody couldn't control that impulse, but when you can look at a space of and see from a compassionate space, oh, you, this is where you acquired this dysfunctional thought or dysfunctional behavior or something that's out of alignment or not in harmony. When you understand that that, that was the best you could do in that moment of putting those impulses together as a child when you saw it, it helps to have compassion over yourself, over the behavior. And honestly, we can't transmute or transmit any kind of thing that we are not willing to accept about ourselves. And so many people have such a hard time accepting areas where they feel like they've failed or fallen short or they've, you know, um, betrayed somebody. And this going into the records allows us to heal because we see ourselves, or, or for me, seeing that person who's done something that they feel so regretful over, it, it's helpful to, be, to see the patterns of why that person took 
on that particular energetic pattern to begin with. And it can be very healing to be able to see that. I can see why that would be the case. We are our Mm -hmm. own worst critic, our own harshest judge, and we blame and shame ourselves more than any external being could ever do to us, you know. And what I have definitely developed through my experiences, um, you know, in past lives and the things that I have recalled is to be able to, like you said, understand that nothing happens in a vacuum and it didn't happen Mm -hmm. in a bubble. You're not an anomaly. You're a being who did the best that you could. And what what was it? My Angela says, when you know better, you do better. (laughs) Yes. Now, until we can, free ourselves from from looking at ourselves so shamefully and so judgmentally we can't we can't get much healing done at all i I almost even say zero i don't think you can heal yourself in that space brian can i don't know do you concur with that i i do i i agree wholeheartedly yeah and how many times do tears arise when you're having your your sessions with people Um, you know, I, I have had people with tears during the session, but, but what I find is I get messages from people later where they tell me that the tears have come later because something they, they were receptive to what was being shared with them and they've made that energy change and things have just changed so drastically for them. Um, that's when the tears come for them. Mm-hmm. But they, yeah, I, I have formative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe fifty-fifty for me. Not everybody cries in the space. Some people do. Sometimes I cry too. Sometimes if they have me go into their records and um, I'm experiencing something that is particularly intense or it has a heavy emotion to it, um, especially if they've experienced anything surrounding children before because I am a mom and I'm so sensitive in that area. Sometimes I'll be doing the crying for them. I'll just be like, mm-hmm. okay, I just need a minute. Let me just wipe those tears because the emotion will flow through me sometimes as well. I definitely was moved to an emotional response of my eyes welling up and my throat closing. I, I can't say it was like a sadness, but it was a movement in my spiritual mm-hmm. waters, so to speak. And I also have felt injuries, like as they discussed an injury that I received, uh, like a death level injury in a particular Mm -hmm. life experience, I have felt a release in my body that corresponds with what the person is talking about. Or I've actually met, you know, been existing in my certain, in my current body shape and, and the way my body works you know, I had, the reader was like, you have a, a, a lean towards your right side and you have pain in your right side because that's where you were gutted like a fish when you were a mermaid. Now, they didn't know me from Adam or Eve at that particular time, but I absolutely had confirmation in my body space 
Um, yes, I do <laughs> skew to that side, and yes, um, I resonate with the idea that I was a mermaid in a past life, and I certainly, I don't have a birthmark now, but when I was younger, I actually had a birthmark in that spot that to me indicates uh, an echo of what I received during, uh, you know, uh, um, a past life encounter. Mm-hmm. Now, I do have someone on the line. I believe they have a question. Let me check in with this caller and see. We're in our last 15 minutes or so of the conversation. But um, I have a caller who's calling in, I believe, on Skype. Hello. How are you? Hi. I'm great. Um, I was wondering if Emily could give me an Akashic reading. We're actually not doing Akashic readings on this evening's show uh, because so. Uh, just were pressed for time, and she was able to do that on Thursday, on Tuesday's show. But I am going to go ahead and ask uh, Emily to give and Brian to both give their contact information for people who want to have records reading. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So, if the person is interested in having a session, first to start with you, Emily. How can people um, contact you? The best way to contact me is to jump on my website. It is www.askyourrecords.com. And if you go under the menu section there on my website, you'll find um, ways that you can schedule a free call if you're interested in meeting me and talking more about the Akashic Records and um, more about your own spiritual growth and learning. There's also a section under there where you can book free sessions. I'm sorry, where you can book private sessions with me. Um, I'd love it if you guys joined my mailing list. You can, of course, join my mailing list there. Um, I have an award-winning blog that I write, and I write for the Huffington Post. Writing is one of my favorite things to do, and it would be an honor to share that with each one of you guys. So, And we, we can stay in touch. The great way to stay in touch with me is getting on that email list. Um, and, of course, other opportunities to work and learn with me at the Akashic Academy, which Joelle mentioned, I am the founder and director at the Akashic Academy, which is an online community where we're bringing together spiritual modalities beyond the Akashic records. Akasha is actually a word, it's a Sanskrit word that means ether. And ether is primordial energy. It's that energy before it has interacted with any of the other energies. You could call, some refer to it as source energy, that it's the same thing. We're bringing together all different modalities under one roof, not just the idea of the Akashic Records, but really opening our awareness, studying and learning together, and really discovering what it means to become Christ-conscious beings. So I invite you guys to check out all of that information on AskYourRecords.com and reach out to me. Send me a message. Say hi. You can find me. Feel free to friend me on Facebook as well. I'm Emily Harrison. And um, send me a message that, that you heard me on the show, though, because I do get a lot of friend requests. And if, if we don't have mutual friends and if you look like a robot, and some of you aren't robots, they'll look like robots <laughs> on Facebook, I won't accept the request. So make sure that you send me a message that lets me know that you um, heard me tonight on your show, Joelle. Awesome. And, Brian, how can people reach you? Well, they can reach me through Facebook. Um, I have a page there. It's facebook.com slash the Akashic Answers. Um, and that is the page that I use um, for people to contact me. I post um, 
articles on there, things that have been channeled, <laughs> energy that has been channeled to me from the Akashic Records on different topics, different things. But I also have the ability through that Facebook page. People can reach out to me, um, of course, through messaging on Facebook, but there's also a link there that if you wanted to book an hour's time with me, you can click there um, and it'll open up a form that will allow you to actually look at my calendar and uh, schedule an, uh, some time with me um, and and we'll work to, to get together and, and talk about some things. Well, I am connected to both of you uh, through the pathways that you mentioned. And I will say for our listeners that um, the way that I came even to the introduction was that I saw a post on Facebook where there was going to be a free webinar, excuse me, a free webinar that talked about uh, three ways to enhance your intuition, I think was the topic of it. Um, And so I am always consuming free things because why not? It's free, and I'm a lifelong learner, so let me go check it out. And so I attended the webinar, and it actually was a usable webinar. It wasn't just a sales pitchy webinar. And I was, uh, you know, received very valuable tools then that I was immediately able to implement with the exercise that we were given and then uh, connected with the Akashic Answers community and then wound up signing up for your newsletter and uh, the other value-added services that you all, that you provide through the Akashic Academy. Academy. And then as soon as I connected with that, I found a whole group of people who are, some are in your school, some have graduated from your school, some are uh, just kind of connected through because they came like I did through the workshop experience. But, um, you know, I found it so valuable just even being connected. I know, Brian, you post almost every day an inspirational message that I certainly find that with you it doesn't take me but 30 seconds and I just get a little boost from your, you know, the loving (laughs) energy that you're sharing forth. So I definitely would recommend for people to connect with you and your communities on an ongoing basis because, again, we're in a really interesting time to where, you know, you need to work to stay focused on the higher frequencies uh, you know, and to align yourself with positivity and healing is very helpful. So I, I definitely would uh, have people to reach out to you. And, of course, through my page, The Vibrarian, I've got some of the things that we have been talking about in tonight's episode also listed. Um, the the uh, prayer that you mentioned, I've put a link to people so they can get to I can't remember the lady's name. Oh, the Pathway Prayer Process and also Many Lives, Many Masters. If you want more information about those things, you can click on over to the Vibrarian page and sign up for, um, to you know, stay abreast of the show and then find the supplemental information that I'll add based on what we've been talking about this evening. Now, if a person wants to learn to do this for themselves, they don't have to be looking to go into business doing this if you learn to read the records, correct? That's correct. I can say that probably 50% of the students who are working with me now don't have any plans on moving into creating their own healing practice with the Akashic Records, at least not when they begin. 
um, there tends to be a pretty major transformation. And like I talked about that shift of, you know, really aligning to our sole purpose and we can have many different missions that we're here on the planet and, you know, we shift into different ones. Many people find that learning to read the records has an application in their current modalities that they're using, especially if they're light workers. I have Reiki masters and Qigong masters studying with me right now. And um, they are not planning as of right now to go into business, like reading the Akashic Records, but it definitely helps bring forward intuitive healing information that goes with the current modalities that they're using. This is also a great, a great tool for moms to have. Um, there are so many kids, that, uh, most, most of the kids coming into the planet right now are high-level beings. And they have big missions and they have interesting sensitivities. And when we can learn to access higher level wisdom and guidance in the process of mentoring these children, it's such, a, it's such an asset to me as a mom, you know, as, as I'm raising my three kids. So there are lots of different applications to learning the records. It doesn't necess- you don't necessarily have to be looking to go into business. Mm-hmm. And were you looking to go into business when you decided to sign up for uh, the Akashic Academy, Brian? No, I wasn't. Um, I was actually looking um, really, again, I was I was just searching <laughs> um, for what my spiritual journey was and, and where it was leading me. I've always, I've always felt um, that I have, needed to help people in different ways throughout my my journey um and it seemed like no matter what i tried or you know what organization i worked with or or whatever it just didn't feel right um and when um i got into um the akashic records and understanding how this actually allows me to help people and understand that that is part of my life's purpose is to help people. That is when it clicked. Oh, I need to I need to do this for people. Um, need to have this available so I can work with with other people and, and help get them where they need to be. And so both of you see people now on a regular. And Emily, you're teaching people uh, then how to do this. How? How long does it take for a person to learn to to do this through your 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 method? My method is a fifteen week method. So if you stay focused and you stay present and and on top of each one of your lessons, you can move through start to finish knowing zero about the akashic to not only an amazing self transformation, a self healing process, but you also learn the advanced protocols which is using the records for the past life things that we talked about and ancestral clearing. There are many of us who are carrying within our DNA from our ancestry line, from our bloodline, certain things that need to be shifted and healed. Um, and, and also learning how to create with the Akashic records, how to create individual healing modalities or protocols for people or learning to create, um, if you're a writer, creating new content and material there, there are so many different applications, and if you say if you're a student and you show up ready to learn, you can learn all of that knowledge in three months, fifteen weeks. 
and wow. and it is it is very very easy to do that um but it's also very easy to get um i personally I, i'll just tell a little bit about my journey through the Akasha Kirkwood <laughs> school uh, i actually had certain modules that affected me so much that i mm-hmm. couldn't proceed that i actually had to go through those modules two or three times because it was bringing up things from my past that was just continually being worked. And I could not, because that was still working, you know, in my spirit, I couldn't move forward. (laughs) So, you know, yes, it is structured for 15 weeks. And, and I know that, um, the, the structure is, you know, for that, but, it's really dependent upon the person and what they have to go through and what they have to clear those types of things. Yeah. So it really is an individualized self- process. Well, yes. It sounds like it's really a self journey first before it ever becomes an externalized thing that you're offering to anyone else. You kind of have to have, have utilized it personally. Well, 100%. And, and each of the modules and lessons are structured so that you're opening your own records and, and retrieving information about yourself, which is why the process is so healing. Because when you spend 15 weeks or, you know, whether it's 20 weeks or 24 weeks or however long it takes you to move through the process, you're spending that amount of time in that space of unconditional love and zero judgment for yourself. So, yes, it's, it's, it's 100% important that we go through the transformation ourselves before we actually share that process with other people. It's why it's such an initiation kind of process moving through the course. And what Brian said is so valid. Each person has their own speed, their own journey. And part of what will grow and develop your own intuition is staying true to what your journey is. And, um, my mentor, she she was pretty hard nosed. Like if she would, we would get our hand slapped in class. Like if we if we did something that was a little bit out of alignment with how she saw things, she was very strict about keeping us like right as how she did it. I personally am much more open and flowing with each individual person and what their process is and what's coming up for them. Um, and, and, and that it's important that you find the right style of teacher that works for you. If you're somebody who needs a uh, swift kick in the ass, I do tend to, I'll figure out which students need that and I'll push them a little <laughs> bit more. But you, it's really important that you find the right resonating mentor if you're going to move through any process where you're undertaking um, a big transformation, such as what happens in learning to read the Akashic Records. You know, I'm glad that you brought that up because earlier you had touched on that topic of how there are strict methods that people have taught at certain points of time. And what Mm -hmm. I am finding in experience is that we are now, as we move into the age of Aquarius and away from the the energy of dogma and institutionalism and restriction that all the things that used to be so, you know, heavily 
wrote, you know, you have to learn this method. And I've I've seen people who are into creating herb remedies who they learned, well, you only add X, Y, Z, and you don't add this, that, and the other. But they're getting guidance from their higher selves to go ahead and add a pinch of rosemary to this particular uh, herb combination. Or go ahead and instead of doing it like this, shift it and honor yourself. And that's across the board that we're kind of coming into this uniquely individual manifestation of all the tools that we learn rather than the institutional, what do they say, throw away the book. Once you learn how to do it, don't keep looking at the book. Go ahead, throw away the book and trust that you've acquired the knowledge and then move from that space of acquisition and do the craft how it comes through to you because that's why why it's doing that is for you to use it. I love that. I That is hands down my thinking and philosophy, too. Not to say that I don't have – if you're somebody who is incredibly institutionalized and you do it – I, I, have, I have respect and space for all of it to exist. I am finding in the people who are drawn to me that alchemization process of being able to create your own blend is of the utmost importance. And those people who are meant to – work that way, will find their way to a mentor such as myself who, you know, encourages that kind of of work. Mm-hmm. And you can find a community of people for anything that you're interested in and begin to share. You know, that's why joining pages yes. like the Akashic Academy and, claim, um, you know, the Akashic Answers is you start to find out, you know, hey, this person does it this way, this person does it last that way, even though they learned at the same place. And that kind of takes that stigma about, uh, am I doing it right away? You know, because yes. of that community. Yeah. Well, we are in our last few seconds here, and Emily and Brian, I wanted to just thank you for coming on this evening and sharing with the listening audience about. I just think this is a fascinating subject, and I imagine at some point in time, Emily, I'll be enrolled in your class because it's right up my alley. I can feel it. (laughs) It will be an honor and a privilege, Joelle, an honor and a privilege. Well, do either of you have any last-minute words in our last minute here so that you want to share with our listeners as a moment of advice or encouragement? After you, B. Um, really, I just want to, to thank you, Joel, for this this great opportunity to be here and to discuss the Akashic Records. And, and I hope that you know our discussions here today really brought some clarity and brought some things to the top of people's minds and made them think and made them ask questions and that they'll reach out and, and um, discuss those questions with other people and try to learn more about the Akashic Records. Mm-hmm. Mm. And and I just want to close by just publicly gushing on Brian. Brian, I'm so proud of you. It, working with you has been such a privilege and an honor and when I started out on this journey, I, it's like being a parent and being like in the very beginning stages of, you know, here I am, I'm creating this business. It's like, it's like having a child, having this baby, you know, and I don't, you don't see the moment when they graduate high school and they move and, or they graduate college and they move out into the world and they, 
start sharing what you've taught them. You don't see that far in advance, and I didn't see that in the beginning. And now with graduates like you and Teresa and Rhonda and Katie and Nestor and mm-hmm. Anna and Karen, and if I've missed any of you, gosh, I have oh, Kat and, and Nicole. If I've Being able to see the transformation of, of and just being a part of, of your process, and Brian, you've really – You've come a long way, and you've made a lot of shifts and changes and touched a lot of people. And to be a part of that is it makes me really proud and just feel really honored. So I just wanted to just tell you that, and you know, you and your wife were a very special part of my journey. And I, I'm proud that you sh- that you are on this panel with me today, my friend. Well, it made me blush. Thank you. I mean, if that doesn't come. Thank you, too. Oh yeah. You, you know. you've been just open arms with me. You've let me just speak so freely on Tuesday night for so long and share this space again tonight and share my journey and my mission and been such a support of, of what's happening at the Acoustic Academy. Thank you too. Thank you for standing in your mission and sharing other light workers with the planet and bringing awareness to um who we really are. Right? Yes. And I absolutely believe that Someone has heard this, not just me, who is going to be shifted by hearing your story on Tuesday and then by hearing our conversation this evening. I have absolutely faith that that is what has occurred. And if not now, then when people go to the YouTube channel after this episode is archived and when people continue to search through Blog Talk Radio, they will find this little moment of time when we came together and shared our knowledge about this. Just like a library, it will be on the shelf for the person who's ready to check it out in the due season and proper time. And I'm just grateful that the two of you came on and were able to to join me. Now, on next Tuesday on the Psychic Inside Show, same channel, same phone line, I've got Scott Hall, who is an awesome, another awesome people. I love getting to do this because Scott channels an extraterrestrial collective and brings his healing messages from that space, which is another totally fascinating discussion. So I do hope that you all will tune in next week and continue every Tuesday and Thursday to join me here in this space where we can all be elevated and enlightened and uplifted together. For the next week, I hope that you have all the blessings that you could possibly hold to the overflowing point and be bountifully blessed. I honor you for showing up this evening and for the two of you for being my guests and for my audience. Thank you for spending the time with me, and I honor the light in you. Namaste.